Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. There is so much packed into that gospel today, and I especially love that little detail at the end. Uh, give her something to eat. Coming back from the dead is a tough ordeal. She's probably hungry. So I want to look instead, though, um, I want to encourage you to read, through, read again through that gospel today. There's a lot of beauty in there, uh, but where the Lord drew my attention today is a very small little part of the psalm that I want us to just kind of linger with this morning. The psalm response, where we said this, they will praise you, Lord, who long for you. They will praise you, Lord, who long for you. I want to speak specifically about this whole longing for God business this morning. Okay, so as we saw this past weekend with the gospel that we were invited to meditate on from the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew's gospel, that the first word in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is a word about finding the happy life. Makarios in the Greek, beatitudino, blessedness, happiness, the fulfillment of our humanity, the fulfillment of our desires. That's what he's speaking about. He's speaking about the flourishing of the human person. The first words of Jesus in the Gospel of John, the first question he asks, the first thing he says is, follow all of these rules or you're going to hell. Just kidding. Okay, just making sure we're awake. Okay, no, that's not what he says. Jesus instead, he probes our hearts with the question. You got the disciples of John the Baptist following him, and he turns and he says to them, what are you seeking? What do you want? What do you desire? Other translations put it. Pope Benedict XVI, he put it this way, and it's such a crucial corrective for this sort of stodgy view of Christianity that sees it like this, follow all these rules or you're going to hell. Pope Benedict says this, listen to this. Christianity is not about suffocating the longing that dwells in the heart of man, but about freeing it so that it can reach its true height. Is that the version of Christianity you grew up with? It's about the freeing of our desires to reach their true height. We hunger and we thirst, not just for a little bit of the good life, but we hunger and thirst for the fullness of life, for the perfect life, for the blessed life, the life of endless beauty, the life of endless goodness, the life of never fading glory, the, lo- the life where love doesn't end or die or fade, where loved ones don't get buried, where beauty never fades. Is it any wonder that Jesus, when he comes among us, when he gives himself to us, He gives himself to us as food and as drink that we come into this world hungry and thirsty and hunger and thirst never go away. That the Lord, who is the infinite satisfaction of our hearts, gives himself to us as food and as drink. St. Augustine, he put it this way. He said that the whole of life, the whole of the life of a good Christian is a holy longing. He says we need to be trained by longing. We need longing in our lives. We need aching and pining in our lives, that it's not, like, that is ingredient in Christianity. The aching, the longing, the pining. If that's true, 
if all of that's true, if Augustine's right, if Benedict's right, and I think they're right, then we have to live in touch with our hearts that there's no Christianity, there's no authentic Christianity that excludes the heart. Let me state that positively. Authentic Christianity has to include your heart, which is the organ of desire. It's the organ of longing. It's the place where we ache and yearn for fullness. That's what Jesus came to engage. That's what Christianity offers, is the full engagement of our hearts. And our hearts need to be awakened. They need to be awakened. Pope, ben, uh, Pope Francis, early on in his pontificate in 2013, he was preaching to a crowd of young people, and he asked them this, young people, also older people, right? This is us. He's asking all of us. Do all of you have a desiring heart, a heart that desires? Think and answer in the silence, in, think and answer in silence, and in your heart, do you have a heart that desires, or do you have a closed heart? A heart that is asleep, a heart that is anesthetized against the things of life. It's Pope Francis, the good shepherd here, inviting us to look at our hearts. Do you have a heart that's awake or do you have a heart that's been numbed out and asleep, anesthetized? I think more often our hearts are just already too full, too full. Imagine finding out, imagine finding out that you've been invited to the finest restaurant in town, that you're invited to order whatever you want. Nothing on the menu is off limits. No price is too high. Get all the best wine that you want, all the appetizers, all the hors d'oeuvres, all the desserts. It's all yours to order. The person's, someone's already going to be paying the bill, and they are delighted to lavish this kind of meal upon you. But imagine finding that out. But earlier that afternoon, because you were really hungry, you stopped at McDonald's and were gorging yourself on Big Macs and French fries. That would be pretty brutal to find out. There's no room left for the feast. I think most Catholics come to the banquet here not hungry, spiritually speaking. We're already full because we gorge ourselves on the little icons, the little fortes out there in the world that we've set our hearts longing on all these different things, that we don't come here hungry, in touch with the ache, in touch with the desire, in touch with the longing for God. They will praise you who long for God. We numb our hearts and we, dr- we drown out those desires. Like I said, by gorging on the good things, sometimes good things, out in the world, thinking that the things that stir me will be the things that also can satisfy the ache that gets awoken. That ain't how it works. That's not how it works. St. Augustine described all of this in those very famous lines in his autobiography, the confessions where he says, you've made us for your, yourself, O Lord. Our hearts are restless until they rest in you. You can say our hearts are hungry until they are sated by you. Our hearts are thirsty until they are slaked by you. We are restless. We are restless. The Greeks, they called this restlessness, this deep yearning that we feel, 
They called it eros. Eros, which is where we derive that English word erotic, which is not to be confused with that other word, porneia, which is the twisting of eros, aiming it at low and earthly things. Eros, eros properly speaking, is a reaching and a yearning with every fiber of our being for the fullness of what is true, good, and beautiful, the fullness of the mystery, the fullness of the infinite. It's a upward, outward, stretching, straining, aching, pining for the ultimate to come and satisfy me. Like, okay, now if all of that is true, if that is what our hearts are made out of, eros, then we need to rethink what prayer is. What are we supposed to be doing when we sit with this infinite mystery? Because prayer is not just one more thing to do. Prayer is simply giving in to our desire for God. Letting yourself feel this desire. Pope Benedict again, quoting, he says, the, church, the fathers of the church say that prayer properly understood is nothing other than becoming a longing for God. This is why fasting is so important in the Christian life. Because you're not just a soul trapped in a body. You are body and soul. That if you are to become a longing for God, then you, both spirit and body, must long for God. Fasting teaches our bodies what the ache feels like. And when the ache comes, as it comes all day long, when the longing arises, when it's awoken by the beautiful and good things of this world through great friends and great conversations and great meals that you don't want to end, beautiful vistas, beautiful sunsets, all of these things, when the ache comes and arises, don't try and squash it. Don't get angry at it because, because it cannot fully satisfy. Don't also run from it. Don't try also to dive headlong into it. If I can just get more and more and more of this, then I'll be satisfied. That's not what you want to do. What you want to do is you want to let it come. Let the ache come. Let it draw you upward and outward toward the ultimate fulfillment. Let the arrows be redirected towards the ultimate satisfaction. Here's the catechism. This is paragraph 27, right at the very beginning of the catechism. The desire for God is written in the human heart because man is created by God and for God. And God never ceases to draw man to himself. Only in God will he find the truth and happiness he never stops searching for. Never stops searching for and the dignity of man rests above all on the fact that he is called to communion with God. So friends, today, in all of your experiences all day long, this God who is calling you to communion is reaching out to you through everything, through everybody. That there are things that he's going to put into your path today that will stir your heart that will make you long for more, that will say, I wish I could have more of this, or I wish I could pause this moment right now, or I wish that this, this could go on forever. Those moments, when they come, don't numb your heart, don't run away from your heart. 
All those moments are God trying to whisper to us to wake us up, to draw us out of our anesthesia, to speak. He's trying to speak to our longing hearts. Again, that psalm response. They will praise you, Lord, who long for you. Amen.